0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford,
1: and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Last week, we went through our Husker offensive preview. This week, we're going to do our defensive preview. After this, it's game week. So uh, let's get into this defensive preview. Tyler, you're a big fan of the defensive line. So let's start with you. Give us uh, the key returners, uh, key losses, and uh, key newcomers.
0: Yeah, so, you know, kind of start with the losses. Last year, we lost uh, the Davis twins, both the NFL draft, and Darian Daniels. Uh, We are returning Ben Stilley after a career high in tackles. We are also returning uh, DeAndre Thomas and Damian Daniels, who saw action in every game but very limited, along with Ty Robinson, Keem Green, who played in three games, and Casey Rogers, who played in four. We all bring in Juco, Jordan, Riley. Uh, Nash Huttamaker uh, and Marquise Black. Uh, so, so, you know, so, some good players there coming in. Um, you know, I, I think Jordan Riley is probably the best in the bucket for an immediate contributor, but, uh, yeah, what we'll say you guys? Uh,
1: you know what? I love this defensive line that we have. Uh, there's a lot of uh, experience and a lot of hype that uh, we're bringing back. We did lose some key dudes. But, you know, as we look at this, you know, I mean, with all the talent that is there on the defensive line, you know, what's really hard for me to project right now. Who's going to start out of these beasts right here? Because I I think we could name our each of us name our starting rotation. And I would seriously doubt if we had the same guys. Uh, So, Derek, who do you have starting at defensive line?
2: Well, I, right now, I have it as uh, Ben Stilley, uh, Damian Daniels, and DeAndre Thomas. Like, okay. those are the guys that got the playing time. They have the experience. I think you have to start those guys at least at least to start the season. Now, that somebody may overtake it by the end of the year, but I think you have to start the season with those guys.
1: Tyler, are you on board with that?
2: Yeah, I,
0: I kind of am. So, I mean, I got Stilly, um, Damian Daniels, and then I I think the other spot's the most up for grab. Is it DeAndre Thomas? Is it Ty Robinson? Um, You know, is is it Akeem Green? Uh, You know, Casey Rogers. You know, how does that break out? Um, But I'm going to give the edge right now DeAndre Thomas with probably a lot of Ty Robinson in the mix.
1: Yeah, you know what? I guess we're not as far off on that starting rotation as what I thought we would be. Uh, Because I also, I I like uh, Ben Stilley, DeAndre Thomas, and Damian Daniels. Uh, I I think they're at the top. But you know what? I thought there would be more of a case for uh, Keem Green in there and a little bit more Jordan Riley. I know Ty Robinson, he's getting a lot of love out of fall camp, which is really exciting. Uh, I mean, I've listened to some interviews with him, and that dude, he he sounds like he's going to be a great Husker. You know, down the line, maybe not this year. You're not going to see him tear it up, but I mean, I think the, I think we're just, just the mentality that uh, that he exudes right there. I mean, it just seems like he's in for some great things. Uh, so, what about the two deep, Tyler? I mean, if we all agree on the starting, I mean, what does this, what do the backups look like?
0: I mean, I think that you, there, there's a lot of guys. Some guys I did not mention, Tate Wildman. Um, you know, he he seems like he could factor in i think with the thing about this defensive line this year it is um i i think you're gonna see a lot more rotation um if you ask me who i need to put my backup i would say ty robinson uh keem green and casey rogers would be my next three um but but I, i mean again tate wildman is a guy that i definitely think could factor in there i mean have you guys seen chris walker lately Like, if you guys followed recruiting a couple years back when we got him, he was kind of a throwaway commit. He is an in-state guy. I I don't think anyone was that hyped on him. That dude is jacked. Like, I I, I wouldn't want to go against him. I mean, so, I mean, I think this defensive line is, there is a lot more depth than we've had. Um, You know, I, I think we have a lot more potential to play depth because there isn't as much of a gap between ones and twos as we saw last year.
1: So what I'll say about Chris Walker, Tyler, is uh, that, you know, over the summertime, you know, we saw all the lifting videos with uh, uh, Chris Walker and uh, uh, Damian Jackson. You know, we saw all, all of their lifting videos. Right. But Chris Walker, from what I've heard and what I've seen out of the interviews, he's been pretty quiet out of this fall camp. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it, is there an injury or is he not practicing much uh, but I'm not hearing his name at a fall camp like I thought we would because you're right he was a beast. I mean he he looks like a beast out there. But have you guys seen anything or heard anything? I'm going to say take that as a no.
0: No no I I mean no I don't think there's been I mean of all the guys I mean again but if if, if you're telling me that guy is our third in our third string Again, that talks about the depth that I think is going to be really, really necessary when you're talking about a eight game sprint of a schedule where you're not going to have a bye week. And, yeah. you know, injuries being a big unknown, the, the, where this defensive line, I think, nowhere stacks up to last year's. The, the one versus twos, I, I don't see the drop off. I, I'm not as worried about if a Deontay Thomas goes down a game. Besides Ben Stilley, um, I don't know if there's a. I mean, he he's the guy, right? He is sure. the guy at the defensive line. I mean, I mean, Derek, how hyped are you on Ben Stilley this year?
2: Oh, I, absolutely! I'm hyped on the guy. I mean, let's not forget this guy was a sack leader two years ago. Two was two or three years ago. Sure, yeah, two years. Two years ago, uh, and it, and it wasn't a lot of sacks, but he, but he was a sack leader. It, I mean, the guy's got plenty of starts under his belt. He's got plenty. He got. Seventy games under his belt. I mean, the guy the guy's got experience coming out as Wazoo here. Uh, if if there's one guy that can lead this team, it's it, it's Ben Stille. Uh, I, I want to go back to the key losses, and and, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm trashing on the guys that we lost, because uh, but remember, Carlos and Khalil Davis both were uh, recruited to play in a four three defense, so they they weren't a great fit in this three four defense from the get go. Uh, they, they did what they had to do. They they played well. I mean, I'm not, their talent el- eluded them, uh, because of the fact they were playing in a wrong system. But, and they, I thought they did really well for what they had to do. But all these other guys that are coming up have all been the type of guys that this staff is wanting. And e- even back to the Diaco days, like Damian Daniels was a huge get for, uh, for this 3 4 defense. Uh, Another another name that I I think people are, that you're forgetting. And it wasn't a name I I ever thought I'd be mentioning on the podcast was Colton Feast. Like this guy, have you, have you guys seen some of the videos of this guy?
1: I haven't seen any videos. I've heard, I've heard his name be brought up though.
2: This, this, he's out of UTAN, Nebraska. And he there, I've seen at least one play where he came in and just lit up Marvin Scott. I mean, laid him out about two yards deep and for negative yards it's practice. It's it. It is what it is. But that dude came through that line, and I'm hoping that it's not because our offensive line's struggling. But he came through that line like a friggin' monster.
1: Well, if mentioning the two guys that you brought up, I mean, it's probably the third string guys there, though. So I mean,
2: I mean that's possible, I guess. But man. Not against,
1: that's not against top units.
2: Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this whole this whole defensive line. I mean. Uh, you got Fildarius Payne, Jordan Riley, Keen Green.
1: Uh, well, Fidon Payne is moving to outside linebacker, remember.
2: Well, they still have him on the roster as defensive line. I and mean the coaches is, have talked the updated about the, roster. I mean the coaches have talked about him
0: moving to OLB. So I, I kind of assumed and that kind of makes sense though, because that defensive line is getting kind of packed there, especially for another JUCO. Um so I, I had a in Because well, well, I, I, I know
2: that uh, Nico Cooper was another one that they had moved out to uh, the outside linebacker spot where he was supposed to be a, a defensive end. Uh, I, at, at any rate, I mean, there's a lot of guys here. And that, that's not talking about Nush Hatmaker and uh, Ty Robinson, Tate Willman, uh, Co- Casey Rogers. Like, there's just so much talent on this defensive line. So you feel it's good? Young, though.
1: So do you feel good about I, I, the depth yeah. that we have?
2: I, absolutely. I I almost feel better about the depth than I do our starters. I mean, and and I think that's pretty safe to say. It's just an experience, and I think this is a great year to get all of these guys. And this is a this is a year we need to see all these guys rotated through.
1: So we're going to talk about the linebackers and secondary here in a few moments. But uh, with what you're saying there, Derek, do you feel that? Like- defensively that we are deepest at defensive line than any other position group on oh, defense,
2: man, that's tough. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough to compare that with a secondary. Cause that secondary is pretty damn deep too. Yeah. But I mean, they're up there. I mean, as far as the talent that we have, what do you think, Tyler, yeah, that's that's a
0: that's a great question. And, and I, I would say yeah, I think that's this is their deepest position um on the field. You know, you know, if you want to really break it down and say inside linebackers, I think that there's an argument there. But but again, I think the fear with this position group is is not again, it is it, not the um the the, the gap above replacement, because I think that there isn't much one. You take Ben Stilley out of this. You know, is there much of a gap? I think the two concerns with this defensive line is one, how good are the starters, and two, have we? You know, we're in the fourth, wait, the the third year of being in a three-four now. Second year under Scott Frost. Have we got the nose tackle position figured out? Because you know, when, when we switched with Bob Diaco that last year of Mike Riley, so we're going into the fourth year. I'm sorry, we're going into the fourth year of the three-four. So. You know, for so long, we have put guys like Carlos Davis there. And we've kind of just thrown guys that weren't really natural nose guards into that position. Have, have we really figured it, that out at this point? And do we have enough of that type of guy?
1: So last year, uh, the defensive line, they led the team out of the position groups in sacks, right? More sacks happen on the defensive line than linebackers or whatever, right? Derek, do you think that this D line will get a better pass rush than last year?
2: Oh man, I, I no, I don't think so. And it's not because I think the, the defensive line is worse. I'm just hoping that maybe it's because our linebackers are better. That's where your pass rush is supposed to be really coming from, anyway. Uh, now, if we can get some guys breaking through like the, like uh, Khalil Davis did, like that guy, he was a beast on that line. I. And if we can get a few guys and it, sounds like Ty Robinson's the real deal. Like er- everything I'm hearing from other players and the coaches makes it sound like Ty, Ty Robinson could be our next great Husker D lineman. Uh, but-, but to expect them to do what these guys did last year. Again, I kind of hope not, because that means, to-, to me, that means that the-, the linebackers still aren't doing their jobs.
1: Tyler, what do you think?
0: Is this, I tend to agree yeah. with Derek. I, I don't think there's a shot that they do what they did last year. I don't, I don't think the talent is there compared to last year. Um, yeah, I mean, Ben Stilley, a great player. I mean, I think Ben Stilley is, you know, maybe has the potential to be as good as Khalil Davis was. I think that if you look at him, he is as good. I think you look at uh, Damian Daniels, I think he can be as good as his brother was. That that third position is it, whether it's DeAndre Thomas or Ty Robinson, whom Ty Robinson might be a year away, DeAndre Thomas might be a year away. I, I mean, those are the two guys. I just don't think they will be Carlos Davis. Um, I just and that's where I think the separation is. So I ultimately, I think this defensive line isn't going to be quite as good. Um, isn't going to be quite as explosive athletically. Uh, so I think there'll be a slight drop off in pass rush there.
1: Okay. I I think it's going to get better, slightly better. I I really do. I think the the young guys that we have coming in with all the hype that's behind them. I think they're. I want to think that they're a little bit more athletic. Uh, who knows? I mean, we could be wrong. But geez, if you want a good defense this year, don't you want to see them better than last year? I mean, I I think that we could be that way.
2: I don't My- know. I, again, my thing is we're going to get to these guys in a little bit. My thing wasn't the D line last year. I, I never thought the D line failed us last year as much as it was linebacker. Like our linebackers were uh, atrocious last year, and I and I think that's what killed it. Killed us in the running game. It killed us in pass rush. It, it just hurt, it hurt us. But right. I don't think it was defensive line that really hurt us in most of the games.
1: Well, let's move on to the linebackers, uh, Derek. Talk to us about the linebackers, what we return and what we lose.
2: All right. I'm going to start with what we lose because everybody knows we're losing Mo Berry. And that's the tough tough pill to swallow because, I mean, he kind of regressed a little bit last year. He didn't do quite what everybody was expecting him to do. But he was still the motor on the team. Like he – the defense kind of went where he went. So losing him I think is going to hurt. The only other linebacker we really lost was Alex Davis and i'm not going to sit here and trash him because i don't i don't I, but he just wasn't one of our best players uh so i don't know that losing him but he is a key departure he's a, he's a, he's a key loss like he started pretty much every game so hopefully we got somebody who could fill his shoes pretty easily uh returning we have our sec- our second leading tackler last year and the the leading the leading tackler returning is Will Honus. Uh, we got Colin Miller, who, who played very well at times last year. I, he did good things. Depth at middle linebackers, looking better. Uh, we got uh, Nick Henrick and Jackson Hanna, baby being kind of come in and play. Uh, My Clements, uh, you know, I think we all had high hopes for him. Barrett Rude kind of alluded to maybe he's going to be a special teams kind of player this year, uh, so maybe we're not going to get quite as much out of him as what we would hoped out of the out of the JUCO ranking. Uh, on the outside backers, we got JoJo Doman and Caleb Tanner, and of course everybody's favorite uh, Garrett Nelson coming back, right? Uh, and again, our only loss there was Alex Davis. We brought in some JUCOs uh, like like I said, Nico Cooper. He's moving out to outside backer. Uh, we, we got some, some good recruits that just, I don't, I, they just really haven't panned out yet or, or just still young, but like, uh, David Alston, like we need to see something out of David Alston. He was a highly recruited kid. He was the number one, uh, player out of Minnesota back in 2018. He's now a red shirt sophomore. He's been in the system for three going on three years. Uh, I, I, I want to see something out of this kid, uh, Blaze Gunnerson, who was recruited more as a defensive lineman, has moved outside backer. Uh, And Javen Wright, uh, it sounds like he's still listed as a safety, but I know uh, Mike Dawson made the comment that he's been working with the linebackers, so they're kind of expecting him to kind of be like a JoJo Doman guy where he can kind of play multiple positions. Yeah. a lot, a lot of question marks on, on, on with the linebackers, and I kind of alluded to some of them while we was talking about D line. But well, I think so all of us questions can... with these. Oh, guys. go ahead, Tyler.
0: I, I was just going to say, so Javion Wright, I think, had moved to outside linebacker, but he is injured, and it sounds like he's going to be out for quite a while. Um, you know, so I don't know how much we can really expect to see from him. I, I don't know. You know, I know we'll, we'll talk about Braxton Clark, but I know Braxton Clark's out for the year. I think Javion Wright. I don't remember the injury, but it was it was enough that they announced it, which usually coaches don't do. So,
2: I, I apologize. I must have missed that. I didn't realize he was hurt.
1: All right. So Sorry. back to these linebackers, I think all of us, you know, we've, we've talked a lot in this offseason, even head back to the last spring. I mean, I think we've all know, uh, have a good idea who the starters are going to be. Outside linebacker, Jojo Doman and Caleb Ta- Tanner. Inside linebacker, Colin Miller, and Will Honus. We can all agree on there. Tyler, are you worried or excited about the youth behind those starters, though?
0: No, I, I'm not. I mean, I and Derek, I mean, I, you bring up David Alston. You could talk about him. Um, at this point, there's been nothing that's excited me about him. You know, he, he's at that point in the system. Nico Cooper, okay, a little bit. I think those true freshmen, I, I think I like both of them. I, I think the, my, my analysis on the outside linebackers is it's, it's three guys. And is, if, is that enough? I don't know. But it is Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, and JoJo Doman. I think those are the three guys you're going to see on the field come Saturday this fall. And I think those three guys are, are the players you need them to be. I think is that enough? Get the, that's the question. But, I mean, I, I think that it could be. It, it, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, it, it can be. I th- here's the thing with the outside linebackers that concerns me is run defense. Garrett Nelson last year was very undisciplined in run defense. Caleb Tanner was very undisciplined in run defense. And JoJo Doman was very undisciplined in run defense. Mike Dawson comes in. Can he get them where they need to be? Can a Jojo Doman, who is probably more of a hybrid type player, can he withstand the pat, the run defense in the Big Ten if they get outside the tackles? Those are the questions I think with this position group. Um, when it comes to the pass rush, which I know we're going to, I think all three of those guys have a high motor. They can get to the quarterback. I think those three guys are enough there. I again, is three guys enough is the question.
1: All right, so Derek, I'll ask you the same question. You know, you, you you spoke glowing about the guys backing up these linebackers, but in the end, are you worried or are you excited about the youth behind our starting linebackers?
2: Uh yeah, I wouldn't say worried, but I'm not overly excited about the outside backers. Like that, that's a position that does scare me a little bit. Inside backers, I, I, I'm pretty fairly confident in them. I got, I like Conus, I like Miller, I like Henrik. Uh, plus we got Luke Reimer who just got put on scholarship. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't get put on scholarship just because they felt like giving a good deed away. Uh, you know, he's been, it sounds like he's been tearing it up in fall camp. The outside backers are a little more worrisome, I guess. Uh, but it's because we don't know what Nico Cooper's going to do. We don't know, uh, maybe what a David Austin can do. Garrett Nelson, you're Tyler, you're right. He's he's got to put himself in better position. He's got the motor of what Mo Berry had. Like that dude was all over the field. He just wasn't in the right side of the field sometimes. And and, and as a true freshman, you gotta expect those mistakes. So I I guess I'm ex I wanna be excited. I just don't know if I can get too excited until I can see a little more out of some of these guys.
1: Tyler what are you expecting out of the inside linebackers this year?
2: Out of the inside?
1: Yeah.
0: I, I think you're going to see a lot of youth play. Um, I'm a little bit more skeptical of Will Honus and Colin Miller. I think they're fine players. Um, I think that you're going to see guys emerge throughout this season. Now, the, the thing with inside backers, that's a hard position to predict. I mean, I think Nick Henrik – is a guy that we all expect. Uh, Garrett Snodgrass was the defensive scout team MVP. Uh, uh, the Juco Clements uh, bringing him in. Could he factor in Reimer? I think he could play. Jackson Hanna is still in the mix. I think you see like five guys that can play, but I think that you'll see a lot of young guys. Of, uh,
2: a lot of young I guys. You'll see,
0: I think you'll see a changing of the guard throughout the season. That doesn't mean that Colin Miller and won't contribute because they will. They're fine players. Um, and in a lot of ways, that should get, gives me optimism. Again, against the Big Ten, when you know a team like Wisconsin is going to pound it at you. And you know, it, it, for me to see more guys, fresh bodies, again, I talked about those defensive line, maybe not a gap between uh, replacement quite as much. I think that gives me a little bit confidence in the future, but I still think that position group is probably a year away from really being what we need for inside backers in the Big Ten.
1: So Colin Miller spoke. I think it was last week, and seeing him speak, just his you know his physique and his features, that dude looks like he's thirty years old. He looks like an NFL player. I mean, I'm like I'm like getting more amped to see what he can do on the field this year because he was a great football player. I mean, he was probably the most underrated guy that we had on defense last year for what he actually contributed. He you know he. For some reason, he caught a lot of hate and stuff for whatever reason. But his numbers and his playmaking ability was pretty darn solid. And seeing him this year, I'm even more excited to see this dude play. I
0: mean, and you talk about Mo Barry, He was voted yeah. – uh, Colin Miller's voted inside backer of the year. Um, I, I do think he started playing better towards the end of the season. I do think that – I mean, remember, a couple years ago, Colin Miller was an outside backer. Right. Um, and, and you've seen him. He's gone to the middle – Maybe last year, if you want to be an optimist on the subject, if you want to be that, hey, last year was kind of his first time really getting the taste of being the guy, an inside backer. Last year, he started figuring out as the year went on, maybe he's there. Will Honus, you want to be optimistic. You know, two years ago, Juco, the number one inside linebacker, Juco in the country, comes in, tears his ACL, recovers, makes it back on the field, maybe miraculously to even play last year. Now, another year, maybe he's healthy. Maybe we see the real Will Honus. I mean, th- you're. I mean, I'm mean, i not calling you crazy if you think these two guys are going to play. I just th- – that that those two starters on this defense are probably my most concerning starting offensive – or defensive unit.
1: Uh-oh. I know, Derek, he's got some affinity for Will Honus there. So, Derek, what do you think?
2: Well, yeah, I just don't understand your hatred for Will Honus when – he was a second leading tackler as a rotational guy. Like he didn't even start. I don't think he started a single game last year. And, and still was second on the team in, in tackles. I mean, yeah. maybe he's not the flashy player that you're expecting. He's certainly not the vocal guy that you're looking for, I guess, at middle linebacker. But I think he's consistent. I mean, he's getting tackles. He's doing what he's supposed to do.
0: Yeah, I mean he is. I and again, you're right.
2: He did not start a and, game, and and that's and that's with a knee that he was still nursing a little bit last year. So yeah, I mean yeah, I am optimistic with him. I hope that his knee is 100 percent better and he's back to that number one JUCO player in the country.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm worried about the uh, the linebackers, the depth there. Just just based off of all the youth that the, that's actually there. I mean. But-
0: but don't you feel optimistic about the pass rush? When you talked about that, the defensive line. I mean, JoJo Doman, we've all seen those hype plays. We've seen the flashes of JoJo. I know, I'll say everyone, even though I was a little bit lower on him. They were buying that JoJo stock going in yeah. last year. We, there's we, there's we a we lot were. of stuff
1: he needed to clean up though. also, though, right?
0: And he did it. But he also still had to play safety. He has been fully devoted to outside linebacker. I think Mike Dawson is a hell of a coach. I I mean, I don't know what JoJo Doman is at his best, but is he a guy that is an NFL player? Potenti- I, I think that I've seen the, the flashes of him that he could be that guy. Um, now, can he clean up some of the stuff? Can he play consistent and not give up the big plays? I mean, that's really what this outside linebacker killed us on. I mean... That when it came time to we, – we saw – Garrett Nelson, uh, we saw flashes of greatness of him. JoJo, we've seen flashes. It, it's a consistency out of that position group that scares the shit out of you.
1: Okay, so that, well, so here here's a uh, pop quiz – or not a pop quiz, but here, here's a quick question for you. If you had to guess which outside linebacker would lead, lead the outside linebackers in sacks, who would it be? Who's going to be that guy?
0: This year yeah. or
1: last year? This year. Jojo, Jojo, yeah, I, I'm with you, Derek. Who who do you think?
2: I, I'll agree with Jojo. I, I will say I think Caleb Tanner will te- turn a big corner this year. I think he's going to do some good things. I really do. It was a big four star recruit coming out of high school. It was a huge get, and now he's got three years under the system to where he can really start doing things. I I, I have faith that. Caleb Tanner will turn a corner, and he he'll be better. Am I out but of my JoJo mind? Jojo Domino pro- probably still a little bit above him on sacks.
1: Am I out of my mind thinking that he kind of just leveled off throughout the year last year? Though, it, it, am I making that up? I mean, is 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 there any truth I to that? I think all
2: the outside backers did though. Like, and I think that's kind of why Jojo yeah. DeWitt's not here anymore. Yeah. Well,
0: Do, does does uh um Caleb Tanner remind you a little bit of uh, was it Dedrick Young? Jerk Young?
1: Uh, well, I mean, he, two different positions, though. I mean.
0: No, no, Young, Young was a defen- uh, outside linebacker. No, he
1: was an inside, he was inside linebacker.
0: I thought he moved out... No, I think he moved outside no. backer.
1: No,
2: he stayed inside. No, linebacker. he was an inside guy.
0: Okay, but do you, did he start out? God, I swear that he was an outside backer at some point, but maybe may you're right. Maybe you're right. But, like, I just feel like, you know, he play- Young played early as a freshman. Um, you know, so did Tanner. You kind of saw a little flashes as a freshman and then sophomore. He just never developed a little bit. I guess to your point, Justin, I could kind of see the concern there because you, you know, he, whenever you see a true freshman play, you always assume they're going to show improvement their sophomore year. And you really, yeah. I don't think you saw it. I don't think you saw the improvement in Adrian Martinez. I think anytime you see a freshman and you have the sophomore slump, it makes you a little bit nervous. But, again, I think they call it the sophomore slump for a reason. You could definitely rebound as a junior. Again, I'm hyped on these outside linebackers. I know the depth isn't there. That's what prevents them from being an elite unit for me. I'm probably the highest on them, I think, on this podcast. But I, I'm I'm buying those three guys. I, I love those three guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can see with JoJo Doman, I'm high on him. But, you know, Garrett Nelson, you know, he's got a motor. Caleb Tanner, I, I just don't know what to make of uh, that dude right here right now. I mean, when, when you were given the example, I thought you were going to compare him to Alex Davis there for a second. I was like, that's not going to sell your story at all. Can, but.
0: Can, can we give Derek a round of applause for a very diplomatic way to address Alex Davis? Like, ah. Let's be real. That, 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 was, that is addition by subtraction.
1: Yeah, that's oh. probably the nicest he's ever said about Alex Davis in, like, last no, two I, years. I, 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 I uh,
2: actually predicted him to be the defensive MVP last year.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: So I was high on Alex Davis at one point. For, like, two weeks.
1: Yeah. For two weeks.
2: <laughs> I was wrong.
1: That's okay. That's okay. You know... Hey, over the last five years, all Husker fans have been wrong about their predictions on the team, so it's not a big deal. But I will say
2: this. I I do think even even Caleb Tanner last year, I think, is still a step up from Alex Davis.
1: Yeah. I agree. So, all right. uh, Let's move on to the secondary here, and this is uh, me here. So our key losses, obviously, is Lamar Jackson, uh, we lose our number one cornerback uh, to the NFL. You know, good for him. Get drafted. Uh, I'm going to throw in another key loss here. Uh, Braxton Clark. You know, he went down for injury uh, last week. And this is a guy that I was high on. Been high on him for all year long, truthfully. I mean, a big dude too. six four corner. I mean, golly, I was high on that dude. So that I'm going to call that a key loss even though we didn't lose them last year. Uh, key returners, you know, you got the usual suspects here. Cam Taylor-Brent, DiCaprio-Boodle, Markel Dismuke, and Deontay Williams, all going to be our starters. Uh, key newcomers, uh, I just wrote down one here, and I think that's Nadab Joseph, the uh, stud Juco coming in. Uh, brought him in. Uh, so as I take it to the key uh, returners, those four Britt, Boodle, Dismuke, and Williams, we all think that they're going to start. Uh, what do you guys think about the secondary overall, Tyler?
0: I'm high. I mean, I think this is a, as good a position group as we have. I think that you look at those four guys, um, you know, I think the corners, both of them have NFL aspirations. I think Deontay Williams could. Uh, Dismuke, I think, is a potential. Would it, you know, wouldn't it surprise me. I think you look behind them. You look at guys um, Joseph, as you mentioned, um, high on him. Uh, Quint Newsome is another contributor. Uh, uh, Miles Farmer, uh, great guy. Eli Sullivan, Nola Paula Gates. I mean, th- this this is a it, it, it's deep. Um, it's highly talented at that first level. I I,
2: I I love this position group.
1: What do you think, there, Derek?
2: I, I love it too, but I think there's a name that you guys I, maybe maybe you said it. and I miss I I didn't hear it, but I, Timon Lynam. Like this yeah. guy is, they're, they're all talking huge about this guy. He's one of the hardest hitters on this defense already, as an incoming freshman. Uh, I, I think he, I think he has a chance to play. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so so much talent coming in in these positions. Uh, sa- safety a little more scary than cornerback. But, I mean, Noah Pola gates is a hard-hitting safety who could probably play cornerback or safety, and you've got to love that guy. I mean, he's, he was a high four-star guy that was a huge get. And, yep. again, he redshirted last year. He was, a little, he was a little banged up last year, so we didn't see a lot of him. But now he's healthy. It sounds like he's doing great in practice. I expect to see a lot out of him this year. Uh, Miles My, Farmer, I know, Tyler, you kind of mentioned him. I've heard you. He, I hear his name mentioned a lot when it comes to defense. Uh, all, all these secondary guys, just they're all getting mentioned. And it, again, it kind of comes back to the old adage. So is our offense burning the front seven? So our secondary's looking better, or is the secondary just looking that good? There's always that scary thought, but it, you know. L- losing Lamar Jackson's not not cool because I he was really coming around that last year and a half, so so I hate to lose that guy. But there's so much talent in this in this secondary, it's hard not to be excited for him.
1: Well, I am. I tell you, what, I, I love the secondary, the, the starting four that we have there, but losing Braxton Clark is freaking huge. It is absolutely huge. I mean, you, you're throwing out some great names there, Derek and Tyler. But you know what? How much film do we have? How much experience do those dudes really have? They don't. It's it's all hype. The other guys they've been battle tested, uh, but losing Braxton Clark, I mean this this is
2: well this hurts. Let, let's be let's be honest. Braxton Clark didn't have that much experience either. No,
1: you don't think he, had he, had he
2: like did? Two pa- he had two pass really. breakups. I mean, he, uh, he had I a lot know, of games.
1: Try- How many games did he play in there, Tyler? I mean, pull out your fancy notebook there. I mean, he is probably he he is the fifth in, even best. If he play, even if he
2: played in, tw- he might be, he might be. Fifth most experienced. Even if he played in all twelve games, how much did he play? He, he started, started a couple of games.
0: Th- he played. He, Braxton Clark started uh, played in. Uh, he played in all twelve games. He had one start, nine tackles, one pass breakup, and, oh, I'm sorry, one interception on the season. Zero pass breakups.
1: Okay, all the experience, and if you look at all of the other guys that you're mentioning right there, all of his experience outweighs what the rest of them have done.
0: I, Justin, I don't disagree with you. Braxton Clark's a loss, like let,
1: huge let, loss.
0: Well, here's why I don't think he's a huge loss. We're playing in the Big Ten, not the Big Twelve. You know how often are we going to have to be more than five DBs? And I mean, we're not having to line up six DBs very often. And, and so when you're looking at four to five defensive backs, I think between Pola Gates and Joseph, and maybe a Miles Farmer, maybe Quit Newsome, maybe there's other guys, but the, the, the Joseph and Noah Pola Gates are my two leaders in that. I I don't know if I see a drop off at all. And it wouldn't have shocked me if Joseph would have overtaken Braxton Clark as that fifth guy, anyways. So yes. If injuries start flowing in, if DiCaprio Boodle and you start seeing guys get injured, Braxton Clark is a guy that you really wish you had in the lineup. But is the guy that was the fifth defensive back potentially?
1: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this to the equation. We're in 2020 in the COVID era, right? There's a three-week penalty if you come up positive for COVID.
0: Yes. And that da- is da- one
1: position group. The secondary is one position group where I don't think you can afford one or two losses because if you have one or two losses due to COVID in that position group, the ex, especially to your starters, you, I don't think we're in as great a shape at all as what you're thinking. We've I, already I, lost I Braxton Clark.
0: I, I And you know what? I talked about this earlier in the podcast, the the, the gap above replacement. Um, I'm going to call it GAR from now on. The The GAR on that position group is high. Like, Cam Taylor Britt to Joseph to even Braxton Clark, even it, that's a gap. Like it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a huge gap there. I I guess for he's a loss. He, he would play in the depth. I don't know how much that would play unless the COVID or injuries start playing in, but it is a big loss. I mean, of anyone who's been injured that we have heard about thus far, he is easily the biggest loss of the season at the end of the year, I don't know unless things start really getting bad in the injury department, I don't know if I don't think it costs us a game. I don't think it's a I don't I don't think it's a you know season It's a huge unknown though. Injury.
1: It's 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 like some some of the other positions, like wide receiver. You know, we there's a lot of talent there, but it's unproven inexperienced talent. This is you another
2: this, you could say the same about defensive line. Yeah, that's you can say true. The same about linebackers. I, I feel you better about, defensive about every line. position in this. You can say that about pretty much every position at Nebraska right now. I feel better e- even about the defensive line, line. You can say that about.
1: I feel better about defensive line because there are so many names out there that you you can all throw in there for battling for three positions. Right? I mean, you have I, nine I, or I ten guys that, that you can like, throw you're, in there. You don't have nine or what, ten guys your, for secondary.
2: But, but no, Joseph, but what let's just but, talk about What you're saying George, is, Derek. sorry, I'm sorry. What you're saying is the same thing we're saying. Uh, like, you're, you're saying we can rely on Ty Robinson. Well, We don't know it's an It's an unknown. We think we can rely on him. But it's the same thing with Noah Pola Gates. Like, me and Tyler think we can rely on him. But you're saying we don't know. That's How many times have no you heard Noah Pola Gates in that. fall camp so far?
1: How many times have you heard anything out of the, these young guys out of fall camp? So far,
2: okay. Outside, outside of uh, Ty Robinson, who have you heard about on defensive line?
1: That's fair. I mean, you're hearing things about, you know, uh, Keem Green. I mean, you're hearing stuff about, you know, Jordan Riley, uh, Deontay Thomas, Keem Green.
2: Green Because people are asking about Keem Green, though.
1: Okay, well, nobody's asking about these guys. I mean, you you may be right. I, I just feel this is a position group where I think the defense is most vulnerable. Outside of those uh, the starters, right there, and when you, you take out Braxton Clark out of that uh, equation, I think it really hurts. I think this is where we could be most vulnerable. And you guys know me; I've been highest on the secondary uh, all through fall camp, but just this one injury, it's like, okay, go ahead, Tyler.
0: So, do do you think Omar Manning is going to start? No. God. Didn't you say he was gonna start last week?
1: Yeah, but I mean but he's been battling injuries, right? God, okay, okay. We, Wait, we've you we've think, heard something think, about him.
0: Okay, you think you think Omar Manning okay, you think Omar Manning was a starter caliber guy, right? Sure, yes before injury. Okay, okay, you think there there, there is a large portion of Husker Nation. Scott Frost has alluded to this that Omar Manning is an NFL guy. Joseph was virtually the exact same recruit that Omar Manning was. The number two overall JUCO, the number three overall ju- JUCO, like virtually the exact same guy. Joseph is an NFL type player. Like I get it. Braxton Clark had an interception last year, and everyone wants to be like, "Hey, hey, hey you got an f- interception as a freshman? There's an All American right there." L- let's not crown his ass. It's a loss. Like, but if you're think, if you're downgrading the secondary because of a backup who might have been the sixth or seventh defensive back in the field which I don't think like is that, that, the case
1: at all but go ahead
0: I I think I mean there's an argument to be made of that like again you have a guy again Omar Manning if you think he could have been a starter if healthy there's no reason to think Joseph couldn't be that he could have been a, he could be a starter so like I I just think that the and, and again, Derek talked about Noah Paul Gates. I am so high on that young man. Um I, I just I don't know how it would have shaken out if Braxton Clark didn't get hurt. Maybe he would have been the fifth guy. I, I just I, I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm really not.
2: I, I guess I'm in between on you guys. Like I, I'm not quite as low as Tyler. I, I like Justin, I'm with you. Like losing Braxton Clark I think is a big deal. Like I, I don't think it's a no deal thing at all. And Tyler kind of he's, makes he's it sound so more d- like a no at all.
1: He's so dismissive. Oh, he only he, he started, he, one, he game. Well started one game. He Only
2: started one game. And that experience is great. And I think he's a great back. He's a tall cornerback, six four man. He could fight with Big some tight dude. ends. He could fight with uh, all the, pretty much all the receivers in the, in the Big yeah. Ten. Uh, so, so, so I get where you're coming from, but I, but I see where Tyler's coming from too. Like. At best, he was our fifth our fifth guy. Like What, last year? Uh,
1: of course. I mean, we had Lamar Jackson. I mean, we had Lamar Jackson and Cam Taylor-Britt.
2: No, even coming but, into this year, he's at best for fifth But we didn't have fifth, Deontay Williams best. last year. We didn't have Deontay Williams last year. I, I, I will say this. I don't think losing Braxton Clark is near the loss of what Deontay Williams was last year. Agreed.
1: Okay, I mean, we, we, we saw a half a game with Deontay Williams.
2: But we lost a starter yeah. last year. Okay. We I lost mean, a starter. Well, this year, we're losing a backup. Hey, and, it, and it sucks. It, it's going to hurt a little bit, but it doesn't hurt as much as losing a starter. I ever.
1: truly hope you guys are right. I truly hope you guys are right. But this is just a position group where I just see some vulnerability there, especially as we head into... And, Derek, or Tyler, you want to talk about we're playing the Big Ten and nobody passes, really. I mean, we're going to play some passing teams. I mean, Tanner Morgan... Tanner Morgan's going to test the secondary, and this he is did this it last is, year. This is one of your didn't have to, uh, didn't have to last year. But you know what? Well, this is a again, team that that's you're, where,
2: that's that's where all these linebackers come into hand because if right, we can't stop the is. run, nobody's going to throw the ball on us. I
0: mean, and, and that's a concern, right? I mean that 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 is really when you break down this defense. As we shift probably to the next conversation, and that's the fear of the Big Ten is that. You know our strength on defense is not playing the Big Ten strengths, and you know you're right. Tanner Morgan, probably the second best quarterback in the conference. You know you're gonna play guys like Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, guys that can really affect it. I'm not saying that Ohio State, you know, they're gonna throw it. Penn State. They can throw. I'm not. Huh? I'm not saying that the you know you, the, you know, the pass defense is not important. I'm just saying like. You you not you don't see the Big Ten line up four wide receivers. You don't you just don't even the teams that pass the ball they're not lining up in you know in four wide receivers where you Minnesota defensive Minnesota, Minnesota will they didn't last year.
2: All right, well I, I, again a lot of a lot of this what the secondary conversation is is still going to come down to pass rush and I know we've talked a lot about pass rush already. But if these outside backers and this defensive line can't get the pass rush, our defensive backs are going to get probably torched no matter who they are.
1: Yeah. So what do you guys think about the defensive And Here's
2: here's another thing, and I just want to add this into there. And some of this comes back onto Shenander because, look, I've watched a lot of games from last year over again, and he calls up some great blitz packages on first and second down. And he gets some negative yards. And on third down, he likes to play a lot of prevent defense. And there were a lot of times we'd get third and 18, third and 15, third and 12, whatever. And we'd give it up because we're playing prevent defense if somebody missed a tackle. So tackling needs to get better. And Shenander needs to get better at calling plays and start, I don't know, putting a little pressure on some quarterbacks on third down.
1: Yeah, he's, he's kind of really quick to... Like, stop pressuring the quarterback, you know, stop sending guys. I, I, and it's weird. He did that a lot late last year, and I I don't know why. Did I, I he think lose you just confidence in the pass rushers or the secondary? I don't know.
2: So uh, I, I, I think that's a big factor into this defense, too. I, and, and Schnander has to get better at his job.
1: So the defense last year and the defense this year, are we trending up or trending down, Tyler?
0: I think we're trending up. I, I mean I think you know, we we've talked about this at length and it's kind of a broken subject, but what is Scott Frost, what is this defense supposed to be? And you know, we are we are not built to be a top twenty defense. Are we an average defense at this point? Are we a, you know, top fifty defense at this point? I think we are. Um but but are are we that defense that's a, hey, hey, you know, line them up, and you're not going to give up three touchdowns. I mean, we're not, and I don't think Scott Frost at this point in the juncture is really hoping that we will be.
1: Derek, what do you think? Trending up or trending
2: down? Uh, flatlining? Yeah. I, I I hope for up. I, I really, truly hope for up. I, I don't think we'll be worse, but I, it's pretty hard to be worse than what we were. Uh, you know, and, 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 and that's really weird to say because I know at the beginning of the last year, we were praising this defense, talking about, man, we're kind of relying on the defense to look good because our offense was struggling so much. And as <laughs> yeah. the offense came around, the defense started struggling so bad. And it was like, Jesus Christ, guys, come on. We did it after uh, playing three
1: weak-ass offenses, you know. We're like, oh, yeah, the defense is carrying us.
2: But Well, I mean, that's what you say. But, I mean, I, Arkansas State's offense was still pretty good. I mean, shouldn't be that good against a power five team anyway. But nobody thought they would be able to beat what? Kansas State this year. Yeah. So I mean, I it is what it is. Uh you know, I Colorado's offense what well, didn't struggle that bad last year. It was our defense that struggled. And we stopped them for three quarters. Uh then we got to Ohio State and it was just like after that Ohio State game, it was like the defense gave up. And I don't know how, why, or when, but they just completely shifted right there. And then yeah. our offense struggled because we lost a quarterback who was hurt, and we did refused to burn a red shirt with uh, Luke McCaffrey. We thought uh, Noah Vedra would be able to take the reins. And it turned out he couldn't. And our defense was just junk at that point. And after that, the season never turned around. Well, we're going to start a new
1: season next week. Uh, We're going to go on the road to Ohio State. We're going to have finally, we're finally going to have a uh, pregame episode. You know, it's taken a while, but football season has finally come. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Before we get to that, we got to talk about games of this week here. Uh, And I'm going to give the update here. Uh, Tyler, me and you, we, we went four and one. Derek, you went three and two last week. So uh, Mia and Derek are thirteen and nine on the season. Tyler, which shockingly is fifteen and seven on the season. He's never this oh far boy. ahead. Yeah, I think he had his wife pick his uh, make his picks last week. But damn right, hell yeah. All right, so games of the week. Uh, we had six games penciled in, but Oklahoma State, Baylor. They've been scrapped because Baylor has some COVID issues. So the first game is BYU minus five at Houston. Derek.
2: All right. I got to take BYU here, guys. And let me tell you, this is the stat of the week right here. Zach Wilson, quarterback for BYU, is throwing for 81% of his passes. 81%. That's a That's insane. Uh, it's through three games. It's not like it's just one game. It's through three games. He's eighty two for hundred and one passing. Uh BYU's defense looks pretty good. I don't not convinced uh Houston's gonna be able to move the ball well on him. I think BYU wins fairly big here. Tyler.
0: I, I got BYU. Um, you know BYU's undefeated going into this game. Houston won their one game of the season, but they had five turnovers in it. I'm not buying Houston. I think BYU wins fairly handily.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. BYU also. You know, BYU struggled against UTSA, but they were like 35-point favorites centered into that game. The game didn't go the way they wanted it, but BYU's been blowing out people. And God, I like BYU. Minus five in this one. I really like that one a lot. All right, next game, number 14, Auburn, minus three at South Carolina. Derek?
2: I took Auburn. I really don't have a good reason why, because both these teams don't impress me a whole lot. So I just kind of went with Auburn because they're ranked. Yeah. Uh, Tyler? Very tough game to predict. You know, Auburn was
0: very fortunate to win last week against Arkansas. Um, you know, South Carolina has two losses on the year, but they actually played two of the better SEC teams fairly closely. I'm going to go Auburn because I give the um, edge at quarterback. But, yeah, this this is a tough game.
1: Yeah, Auburn, you know, they, they looked like crap against Georgia last week. They should have lost with a blown call there by the refs there. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to South Carolina playing at home. I'm not impressed by this Auburn team. I think they're way overrated. Minus three, yeah. Give me South Carolina. Uh, next game, an interesting game. Ole Miss minus one and a half at Arkansas. Derek, uh,
2: I got, I got to take Ole Miss. I like what Lane Kiffin's doing. Their their defense is really non-existent, but I don't think Arkansas can. Stop Ole Miss from scoring, and enough to. I mean, Arkansas is not scoring a lot of points offensively, so I, if it comes down to a shootout, there's no way they can outscore them. Uh, and I, even with Ole Miss's de, uh, terrible defense, I don't. I don't think Arkansas can outscore Ole Miss.
1: Tyler,
0: Derek, you said you said that uh, Ole Miss has a terrible defense. They have the worst defense in college football they have given up an average of 51 points a game if you if you want a uh, offensive cure uh to a team it's Ole Miss guys I like what I've seen from Arkansas this year I mean you know they should have beaten Auburn last week Ole Miss I like what Lane Kiffin's doing a little bit he's got the offense flaring but I think the defense is too far away I got Arkansas at home winning this game
2: wow The, the only problem is I think if there's if there's an offense that Ole Miss can stop, it's going to be Arkansas's. Yeah, I mean, Their I'm offense taking, isn't I'm very taking
1: good Ole all. Miss also. If, if they can put up that many points against an Alabama defense, surely they're going to tear up uh, an Arkansas defense. All right. Uh, unranked game here, UCF, since they lost. UCF minus 3.5 at Memphis. Derek.
2: Well, you know, they're both coming off of losses. Uh, Memphis had just lost to SMU last time they played. Uh, I, I got I got to go with UCF here. I think they're a little bit better team. I know they lost last week to Tulsa, and that was a tough loss. But I think they rebound, and I think they come up with a win here.
1: Tanner,
0: UCF leads the country in penalty yards. Or penalties. Um they have fifteen a game. Yeah, I mean there there was something that and I and, and I might get the stat wrong, so please don't fact check me. But it was like they had like three false starts in a row in a game. Like it is it is insane how disciplined this team is, and I really want to go with Memphis, but I just think UCF is better. I just think they're better. The the when you look at a team that's highly penalized, if that was my it factor, I, I'm not quite prepared, but. If penalties cause UCF this game, watch out, because they might be on a tumble spin this year.
1: Yeah, I'm taking UCF also. I don't think that they can uh, drop two turds in a row. Uh, Memphis, they have a new coach, but Josh Heupel, so far he's been a good coach. So I think he can uh, get him rebounded. And here it is for all the marbles. Number three, Georgia. At Alabama, minus four. And let's not forget Nick Saban. He, bought, he bit the uh, COVID monster, so uh, he's going to be sitting out this game. So, Tyler, or Derek, what do you think?
2: All right. So, with Nick Saban being out, uh, that, that's tough for Alabama. And I know he's coaching via Zoom, but it, it's still tough. Uh Alabama's defense last week really raised some red flags. I I was I was in complete shock and awe of what Alabama's defense looked like last week. Yeah. To see to see to see what Lane Kiffin could do that defense was just amazing. Uh there's one defense that's still playing pretty strong out there. It's Georgia. And so I think they have enough to slow down Alabama's offense but I'm not convinced that Alabama's defense could stop Georgia. So I'm going to pick Georgia in this game. I think they win. Tyler. Yeah. I mean, Derek, I love the
0: pick there. I mean, you you look at this game. I mean, you, um, you, you know, you have the number one offense in the country in Alabama versus the number two defense in the country in Georgia. Um, two versus three, the makings of a classic, uh, Nick Saban is not there. Um, you know, I know Nick Saban's not going to be on the sideline, but in Nick Saban's tenure at head coach of Alabama, um, he is one hundred and fifty-five and twenty-three at home. Um, I mean, the, guy, the Alabama just doesn't lose at home, and I think that even without the fans, I still think that the advantage is going to be on Bama. Uh, I got Alabama winning this game.
2: Derek, but Nick Saban's never coached from home before.
0: He has not. No, I mean, I I will say, I I was, I was, my confidence in that pick has gone down. Steve Sarkeesian's
2: the one taking over for him, and he's liable to be drunk during the games.
1: And he's he's blown worse teams, you know.
2: (laughs) He has.
0: I mean, I mean, Steve Cart. I mean, you're everything you said. He good chance he'll be drunk. (laughs) Um, you know, good chance we'll be drunk watching it. You know, can you imagine the ash chewing? Be he's gonna be on Zoom at halftime, just ripping Steve Sarkeesian. So it's it's gonna be interesting. Think
1: about it this way: Uh, Saban is twenty one and zero against former assistants, and now he's going up against uh, Kirby Smart. And I have Georgia. Also, I think Georgia's gonna get him because I don't have any confidence in Alabama's defense. Does Nick Saban have the little card saying? Yeah, I mean, sure, I'm twenty one and one. But I wasn't at the game. I was coaching. You know that was Sark. Sark fucked it up for us. You know. I mean that, that's what it's going to be. There's going to be a little asterisk there when they give out that stat about Saban. Saban's record against former assistants. But
0: I, I just hope that game so, happens. So, somehow, I honestly,
2: I, somehow ESPN and the rest of the country will uh, I don't know give Sarkeesian the loss because he was the interim head coach for the game. Sure.
0: I, probably, but I will tell you, I'm worried about this game, and I'm worried about this game because I'm scared it may not happen. Why? I mean, who who knows where the COVID's going to break on that Alabama team? Um, I mean, when the head coach has it, I mean, who knows? I, I mean, how, was he wearing his mask? What I mean, what was going on in these practices? And I'm not saying Alabama is unethical, but could they? Budge a couple tests to make it so they don't have to play without Nick Saban. Could they? I mean, Alabama has a pretty good history of trying to avoid like tough games in general. Like, hey, let's not play the number three team in the country till the SEC championship. Have
1: they ever faked a pandemic to get out of a ball game? I don't think so. I wouldn't put
2: it past Saban, though. Yes. Oh, jeez. I mean.
1: All right, now those conspiracy theories are getting like a little too thick, even for me. And I love a good conspiracy theory, but hey, let's move on to best bet. This is a segment that I know I have not fared well in. I am one in three. Tatter, you're two and two, and Derek, you're three zero oh, and one, which is you're anchoring, uh, you're anchoring us here. I missed mine Can we last just week. Just talk
0: about. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. No, I me and you, know we you missed, ta- we
1: missed it last week, but Derek carried it, but.
0: How did I pick the one SEC game that didn't hit the over?
1: Yeah, isn't like, that crazy?
0: <laughs> like, the SEC has stopped score. Like every no one plays defense in the SEC, and all of a sudden, Mike Leach doesn't get a touchdown against Kentucky. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've had some bad. I've had some beats in my time doing this best bet. Like that one, I I just. It's not even that I didn't hit it. It's just the manner of how bad I didn't hit it. You weren't even close. close. I mean, mean, Kentucky did their part. I mean, they scored points. I I, mean, what the hell?
1: Speaking of being not close, I mean, I thought Miami was going to play Clemson a hell of a lot better than what they did. But Miami, God, they were so outmatched. I mean, Clemson... I was
2: with with you, Justin. I I really thought that would be a closer game. I, I did not expect Miami to count come out and find a victory, but
0: I thought they'd play a little closer. I, I tried warning you on that one. I, I, I don't like know why
1: them. you're so all over Clemson. I mean, you're, I don't know. Because they're all, why, probably why are you the best Clemson, team in the country. You're wearing a Clemson shirt right now, for Christ's sake.
0: I am not. How dare you, sir? And secondly, <laughs> d- why am I all over Clemson? Well, they are probably the best team in the country, besides maybe Ohio State, who we haven't seen play yet there's a reason why i'm all about clemson but let's get this week
1: all right so tyler we'll start with you who's your best bet of the week
0: so my best bet I, you know i've been riding these over unders this season i'm gonna stick with it it's got me 500 um i'm gonna go the over in the miami Pitt game um i had it at 48 points i i think that there's enough offense in this game uh to hit that over, I, that seems like a really low over-under for that. So, yeah, I'm going to take the over in Miami Pit.
2: Derek? All right. I, I'm going to stick with my over as well because I've picked them all four weeks, and I'm 3-0-1 with them. Uh, I'm going to go with a different game, obviously, but I picked uh, over 64 points with North Carolina FSU. Uh, North, North Carolina is not... They they've outscored a lot of points, a lot a lot of opponents, but they've given up some points. And FSU seems to have found a little bit of an offense against Notre Dame, and so I think they'll score some points against North, against North Carolina. But North Carolina is going to score all kinds of points against Florida State's defense. Yeah, I like that pick, Derek.
1: I think that's a pretty solid pick. Uh, Me, you know, maybe I'm like panicking here, being one three on the air, but. Uh, the game that I like this week is Notre Dame minus 16.5 against Louisville. Louisville, I thought, was going to be a lot better team at the beginning of the season. And they've turned out to be dog shit. Game in and game out. I can't believe well, that they're that bad.
2: Not not to interrupt you, but you're not alone. Like, half the damn country. I mean, all the sports writers had them in the top 25. Uh, I think all the coaches had him in the top 25 to start the year. So you're not alone. Like everybody thought they were going to be yeah. good this year.
1: And every time that you think that they're going to come out and do something, they let you down. And now they got to go on the road to Notre Dame who Notre Dame looked darn good against Florida state last week and Florida state. They played their best game of the year last week. This seemed like that. They had their offense going, but Notre Dame, yeah, I I like Notre Dame. 16 and a half. Actually, this was at 17, which I've seen some books at 17 right now. So if you're going to hop on this, get it right now. 16 and a half is good. My book he has at 16 and a half. Tyler's shaking his head because he doesn't like anything I say.
0: I, I mean, I like some things you say, just not your shitty picks.
1: What?
2: I, I tend to agree with him on this one. I Wait, 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 wait.
1: Add more context, <laughs> me or Tyler.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I tend to agree with Justin on this one. Like, I, no, Louisville's look like shit. So, yeah, for all the betters out there, you're probably just bet well bet on Louisville because last year, me and or last week, me and Justin agreed on Miami. Oh, that
1: was oh. tough, man. That was so, really so
2: maybe, tough. Maybe Louisville is the way to go. Maybe Tyler's onto something here. Just no, disagree with not. Derek and Justin all the time.
1: He is not right. He's rarely right about anything. If he's been right about one thing on this show, he's not going to get two. All right. So let's, it's time for last call. Tyler, last call to you.
0: So last week, and uh, in, in probably what will come down to be the best game of uh, college football of the season, at least among them, the Texas-Oklahoma, Texas ended up losing that game. Tom Herman's on the hot seat, and there have been reports that boosters have been reaching out to Urban Meyer to to it, to see his interest. And I'm curious what you guys think about this. Not you know, obviously none of us want that to happen because Urban Meyer is a damn good coach and no one to see Texas good, but do you think Urban Meyer would come back for Texas? And I think no. He Tom Herman was a former assistant. He's not gonna do a dirt he's not gonna do him dirty like that and backfill him. Two, I think Urban Meyer knows he has one more coaching gig in him, and I think he has his heart in USC. I I don't know why. I don't think he would go to Tech. I I just don't think he's ready to come back yet. Uh, And three, I think he's kind of enjoying his gig right now. I'm not thinking he's going to want to go down there. I think he's holding out for the USC job, but what do you guys think? Do you think Urban Meyer would take the Texas job if it was offered?
2: Derek? This sounds like all the arguments everybody made when it was the Ohio State gig. Like, no, he's done. He enjoys his job now. No, this is like the most Urban Meyer thing to do. Like, take take the job that's going to pay me $50 million a year. I don't give a shit. And he's going to get the recruits because his name's Urban Meyer. And you're in Texas, where all the five stars come from. Like, yeah, this guy's going to take this fucking job. Why wouldn't he? I will say this. Uh, A few years ago...
1: All the Texas boosters reached out to Nick Saban to come to Texas. And that just spiked his little contract up higher. They were going to offer him like $10 million. Remember when all that came out? $10 million to coach football. No, he wasn't going to go there. Uh, I will say this about Urban Meyer. I love him on the big noon kickoff on Fox. I think that show is way better than College Game Day. I never liked Urban Meyer up until this show. But this show, it makes him a very likable guy. I love their little coaches segment. You actually feel like you learn about the game of football when he speaks. You don't see that on ESPN Game Day. Uh, I don't want to see him at Texas because I don't like Texas. I don't want them to be good. And I don't know where Urban Meyer is going to end up. It's not going to be at Texas. I don't know if it's going to be USC. Uh, But I I do think he's going to come back to football sometime. And you know what? Truthfully, college football is better when Urban Meyer is coaching a team.
0: He he's only 58, guys. I mean, that's the thing. Is it, he is not like coaches are getting up to coaching the near 70 or sometimes in the 70s. Like Urban Meyer has a couple more years. And and we all damn well know Urban Meyer does not coach at a school for a decade. So, like he's got one more job. He can wait till another year or two. Uh, maybe USC's not quite the dumpster fire and they hold on the clay Helton for another year. And, you know, he's going to come back for a big job. He's not going to go to a job. That's, you know, not an elite program. Um, I just, I just don't think the time.
1: I don't think it's going to be the sec. I don't think it's going to be the big 10 because if he can have that underneath his belt where he can coach for three different or, uh, national titles for th- in three different conferences, I think that's going to solidify him for the best coach uh, ever. And so maybe look out for an ACC program, or I don't think it's going to be Big 12.
0: No, I mean, there's no Big 12 school that makes If it's not Texas, it's not, I mean, Lincoln Riley, unless he goes to the NFL,
2: isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, may, may, Lincoln Riley kind of showing his true colors this year. Like Oklahoma looks like dog shit.
1: Yeah. He's never had to coach with a freshman quarterback, though. And Spencer Rattler, he's doing well, he's fine. Never had,
2: he's never had to coach with any quarterback that somebody else hasn't fucking coached up.
1: Hey, Spencer Rattler, he's, he's going to be good. He's going to he's be good.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, well, I'm
1: convinced. All right, uh, last call to you, Derek.
2: All right, so the NCAA has uh, come out with a couple uh, clearances for COVID, and one of them was for bowl eligibility. Uh, they're they're going to do away with uh, the win. How many how many wins you have to have to become bowl eligible? So every Division One school is now eligible to be bowl eligible. Here's the problem: this isn't a normal bowl year. Like there's 39 bowls, so only 78 teams are still going to make it, and I think this is my this is my problem. Nebraska fans all assume that we're going to make it, right? Because Nebraska fans travel well. Well, what if there's no fans in the stands? Doesn't Do they still pick Nebraska?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw that also, and I've, I I kind of saw that as a, you know, like uh sure thing that Nebraska is going to get selected for a bull. Maybe if it's not the fans traveling, but you know all those TV sets are going to be tuning in for the Nebraska game because they are going to watch. Whether Nebraska goes 2-7 and seven or 6-3 and three this year, Nebraska fans will tune in for a bowl game if they are in it. So I, I don't know about fans and stands, but I, I'm almost convinced. I would be shocked if Nebraska – did not make a postseason bowl game this year, regardless of record, if eligibility requirements are removed. Tanner?
0: I, I don't know. You, I don't know which way to go on that. I, I, I tend to agree with Derek. I don't know if this is a slam dunk for Nebraska, but I'll just tell you I hate this rule. I just – bowls have, are meaningless, and I've accepted that, and I have moved on with my life that they don't mean anything but, like, this is, like, the nail in the coffin. Like, taking away any, like, Oklahoma has been bad. Texas has been awful. Both of those schools you would think would still make a bull regardless of how the season turns out. It's, it's just, it's not fair. You know, the schools that are going to get screwed over on this, I don't even know if it's mid-majors. It's going to be the schools like Kansas State or, you know, if, if Kansas State goes, four and five or five and four and Texas goes three and six, like that's the school that's going to get effed over. Or or
1: in big 10 terms, Illinois, Illinois, if they went four and five or something, if they don't have, they don't have the appeal.
0: Yeah. If, if if Nebraska, you're right. So if in the scenario, if Nebraska goes three and six and Illinois goes four and five, Nebraska would probably get picked over Illinois. And that's just not fair.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting would, to see how they're, they're going to do it.
2: I I would hope that the uh, the people picking the bowls would have a little bit of I don't know uh, morals with them and go uh, this this team's won more games like especially if somehow some way like Illinois were to beat Nebraska, I would hope you would take Illinois over Nebraska in the bowl
1: game. Yeah, but, but would you get when you cut it down like for instance four and five or three and six. One game, does that matter that much? Nah, it's all about the ratings. How much revenue are you going to generate? Capitalism, man. I love it. All right, hey, last call to me, and this is going to go something uh, in the college football. Now, when COVID came around last year, you know, baseball, softball, uh, track, you know, all of those sports were affected, but NCAA says, those scholarships, you know, you're you're just basically done. You're done. We're not going to honor them. Well, fall ball comes around, and everybody keeps their eligibility for another year for fall sports. Now, NCAA just said winter sports. Their eligibility is going to be extended. This year will not count against their eligibility. So it seems like... Uh, The spring sports are kind of getting screwed from last year, and I don't know what's going to happen in the spring, but what do you guys think of this? I mean, is the NCAA doing this only because the revenue sports are affected? Tyler?
2: How about you, Derek? All right. Well, to me, this is – Absolutely, one hundred percent revenue invested. Uh, th- this shows how crooked and how terrible the NCAA is, because the only thing they do care about is, hey, the revenue sports are getting affected. This is a terrible look for the NCAA. I, yeah. I, 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 go back and give the spring guys their eligibility back to. It's not too late. Do it. Either that or start charging these guys a year. Here's the problem. The fall the spring sports guys gotta play less than what the fall sports and the winter sports guys are gonna play. And yet you're giving them eligibility, not the guys that lost a whole season or three quarters of a season. It makes no sense to me. Yeah.
1: I mean, what's interesting about all of this stuff, you know, the fall sports and winter sports their you know, eligibility is not going to be affected. But what schools are going to honor those scholarships? If the NCAA doesn't come down and decide what they're going to do with the amount of scholarships uh, everybody's allotted, it may not even make a difference, right? I mean, so this is going to be well, something certainly to keep an eye on.
2: And, and, and what's to stop a school from going, hey, you were a good player, you started for us, yeah, we'll let you come back. Uh, but you were a backup as a senior, so you need to go.
1: And it, it could happen. It, it can happen. Schools have to honor us. so I don't know. We'll see. A uh, lot of time left for all that stuff, but it is time to get out of here. We lost Tyler. Tyler dropped off the face of the earth, so that's okay. So special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at House Cast, Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. Be safe out there, and as always, go Big Red.